Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Thoughts for last day's believers. As believers in Christ, there's some instruction through God's Word I'm going to look at today. In Romans, in, sorry, I said about that Romans, I'm in Revelation chapter 3. Yeah, I heard the story of a salesman who had been out working all day, and he went to his hotel room at night. He was absolutely exhausted, sat on the side of his bed, took his big heavy shoes off, and took the first one off, and he let it drop to the ground with a big thud. And then it occurred to him, you know, it is late at night, and it came to mind there's probably somebody below me, so he quietly took off the other shoe, and he went to bed. About a half an hour went by, there was a knock on the door. And he opened it. There was a man there with dark circles under his eyes. And the man said, you know, I'm from the room below you. And the man said, will you let the other shoe drop so I can go to sleep? <laughs> Ever been there on that? You know, you're just waiting. And uh, that's kind of the world we live in right now. We're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Like what's going to happen next? We don't even know what's going to take place today or tomorrow. But uh, I want to let you know that We are living in some of the greatest days in the church. I really mean that. I'm really saying that. I'm not just saying that because I'm preaching this message, but we really are. These are great days for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to, as we look at Scripture today, I want us to look at God's Word in Revelation chapter 3, an instruction to you and to me. You know, many people have thought, well, the world's pretty much spun off its axis, haven't it? And I'm going to tell you why. It's because we're living in the last days. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, in the last days, things will go from bad to worse. But you know what? We're called to have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's been the last days ever since these words were spoken in the New Testament over 2,000 years ago. And so I'm not sure if you know how to play dominoes. I try to play, but I'm not that good at it. But you know what? I'm really good at setting them up and knocking them over. How many of you are good at that? I mean, I like that. That seems a little more fun. But really, that's kind of how it'll be in these last days. It's kind of like the domino effect and the ripple effect that will take place very quickly as you hit one, many will go. And so even as we see there'll be a rapid succession, Scripture tells us, beginning with the emergence of the Antichrist and ending with the battle of Armageddon and the return of Jesus Christ. So let's look, as we look at Revelation today, Revelation 3, and I think it's amazing that we are already at the end of November, and it's amazing how fast time flies, isn't it? And at this point in history, we're supposed to have flying cars, but we have Chia pets instead. I mean, I mean, this is just crazy, right? I mean, how many of you knew growing up, you thought, man, by the time I get to drive, I'm at least going to be in a flying car? How many of you ever thought that before? I mean, I did, right? I saw it on the Jetsons, for those of you that are old enough to remember that. And it's really crazy how months have morphed into years, and life does pass so rapidly. Matter of fact, in the book of Job, he says this, my life passes more quickly than a runner. C.S. Lewis said this, the future is something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour, whatever he does and whoever he is. And this is really hard for a lot of people Because we live in a culture where we're all trying to just get younger. The older we are, we want to get younger, right? Eternally young. And it's hard for many to acknowledge the fact that they are growing up and aging. I mean, have you seen that the Rolling Stones, they're they're back on tour again. I mean, they've gone from acid rock to acid reflux. I mean, it's just crazy. (laughs) 
to see all that's happened with them. I mean, I mean, seriously, have you seen Keith Richards lately? I mean, come on now. Many don't believe in the law of gravity, but it is in effect. How many of you know that to be true, right? Age is going to come and time is flying by, but if we live our life with divine purpose and we live our life really to glorify God, then we are living the maximum potential of our life in this lifetime. It's, we're not called to live in the past, amen? We're called to live forward and to move forward. It's been said, men talk of killing time while time quietly kills them. I will tell you something else about time. We've never been closer to the time of the Lord's return than we are right now. I believe that Jesus Christ can come back at any moment. How about you? I really believe that because I look at God's Word and I see it, and we know that it's there. So I'm going to look at Revelation. Now, the word revelation means unveiling. It means that there's something to be revealed, and He wants to unveil it for us. That's what Jesus Christ does. He is the great revelator. He wants to reveal His truth, His Scriptures to us. Revelation 3, these are the words of Jesus of the church at Philadelphia. And we could take out the word Philadelphia to that church and put an abundant life church today. These are the words that Jesus spoke to every believer living in that time and in the end time, verses 7 through 11. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not and lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have that no one may take your what? Crown. I'm going to end with that today. So what does Jesus have to say to last day believers? I have seven of them that I'm going to bring forward from this passage today. What does he have to say? Number one, God is in control. How many of you are thankful for that? Verse 7, he says he has the key of David. Now, I'm glad Jesus has the keys because I don't know about you, I lose my keys a lot. Any takers on that one? How many of you go to a mall, you walk out, you can't even find your car where you parked it, right? Right? You have Malzheimer's, right? You walk out and you're like, what happened here? I thought I came out this door and I thought it was supposed to be here. Where do I put my car? I lose my keys and so do you, but Jesus doesn't ever. He says he has the keys. It speaks of authority. Keys are, are a source, you're saying, of authority. It have a, you have access. That means that there is not a lock that he cannot open. There's not a door that he cannot open as well. What we need to be reminded of is that God is in absolute control, and he governs all the events of planet Earth right now at this moment. He opens some doors. He closes others. He determines how long we will live on Earth, not us. And the doors he closes for good, no power on earth can change that. So God is in absolute control. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. Listen to the statement of Corey Tenboom, and I hope that it encourages your heart. 
She said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Don't you love that? Through, through a lady that went through the regime of Hitler, came through on the other side, as, and she was a born-again Christian through that time, and she has that to say. Number two, Jesus has given to us, you and I, as the church, as last-day believers, an unprecedented door before us. Verse 7, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. If a key is symbolism of his authority, the door is a symbol of opportunity. Amen? Paul spoke of this in 2 Corinthians 2, 12. Said, he said he came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel that a door was opened to him of the Lord. Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas, you remember, spoke of a door of faith that was open to them to bring the gospel to the Gentile believers. In that same way, you and I should be praying for those open doors in our life. Colossians 4, 3 through 4, Paul says, pray for us that God will open a door and give many of us the opportunities to speak of the glorious plan concerning Christ, the mysterious plan. Make it clear, God. I, I try to pray that every time before I get up and minister and I preach. This is not just a word to preachers. This is a word to all of us. As we speak the gospel, as we speak the word, that the mystery of the gospel will be absolutely clear. Amen? People deserve to hear the gospel with clarity. Listen, the harvest is not lacking in Clearbrook today. The harvest is not lacking online today. The harvest is not lacking in Stephen City today. The harvest is available to every single one of us. Amen? So I want you to know that it's unprecedented times we truly are living in. Jesus also declares multiple harvests are available. Multiple groups, multiple locations. The apostle Paul was always working with multiple harvests simultaneously inside of scripture. At the same time, he was working with multiple harvests. We need to know that. I want you to know today, across the globe, God is working and moving. Today, right now, at this moment, in Iran, in that country that's been in so much spiritual darkness and turmoil and dictatorship, many are converting to Christianity in this moment more than any other time in history. That They are seeing over 3,000 Islamic people come to Christ every single month in Islam. Right now, at this moment, God is moving in unprecedented moments, and a harvest is happening. How many of you know America needs a harvest? Amen? And the harvest is yet to be brought out of the fields. Jesus asked his followers to change their perspective about the harvest. You know, we can't just look through the harvest through the keyhole of the church. We have to come and rise above it and get the 20,000-foot view of seeing the harvest through God's perspective. How many of you know being in an airplane and looking out the window is different from what you and I see at this moment? That in that moment, you're able to look out and you see the landscape. You see the different uh, landscape of pieces of property that cut out. You see fields. You see houses. You see buildings. All of that is different when you are in an airplane. Jesus says, I want you to change your perspective about the harvest. That that's what he's telling his disciples as he says to us today. That you, are, you and I are able to reach and reap multiple harvests in multiple groups, in multiple locations, in multiple ethnicities, through multiple facilities simultaneously. 
And Jesus says, you need to prioritize the harvest. That's what he says to the early disciples as he says to us. The Jerusalem harvest, people most like us, then Judea, Samaria, the uttermost. That is the less to those that are less available to get it. And then to the uttermost parts of the earth. The scripture tells us in the last days, the harvest is going to ripen quickly and will not, we won't be able to even keep up with it. Amen? So God's job is not to bring the harvest to the church. How many of you know that? The corn in the field, when it's ripe, doesn't get out of the field and go into the combine and then goes into the silo, right? You have to go get the harvest. Many people are waiting for the harvest to come in the doors of the church. That's not going to happen that way. He says you have to change your perspective that you have to go and get the harvest and the doors are open to us. And God says, I want you to have my perspective. There must be an urgency in the heart of the believers now to reap a harvest. Here's what I want us to focus on in prayer at Abundant Life Church as we come through the end of this year and Lord willing into 2021, that there must be an urgency. And I want you to pray for a harvest, not just a single harvest, but that there will be multiple miracle harvest. I want you to pray with me and pray with us together, a miracle harvest that, that, is, that is what God wants us to go get and reap the harvest in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus grew up in Nazareth. We know this, but Nazareth were not open. They weren't even open to Jesus' work. He couldn't even do any miracles in his hometown, Right? But we see the very next day, he went to Capernaum, about three miles distance, and the crowds of people were staggering there. There was an open door to the message of the gospel. We should be praying constantly for doors of opportunity to be open to us and to proclaim the message of the gospel very clearly. We need to take this seriously, and, and we need to look back and say, hey, listen, we can't rest on yesterday's accomplishments and victory, but we need to move forward into this new up-and-coming year, expecting God to move with a great and mighty harvest. Amen? This year, even this month, could be the last time we go through the open door. That open door, it, what do I mean by that? That is really maybe a person who is open to the gospel or that isn't even open to the gospel at this point, but you are praying for them and praying that God would get their attention and wake them up so that they would be open. Now, are you going to go through that door of opportunity and share with them? Or are you going to let that pass? I pray that you would be open to the doors that God is opening that no man can shut. Will you go through it? You know, we're not called to be um, blessing hoarders, are we? Right? No, we're, we're blessed to be a blessing, and we need to know that. We are living in a time in our darkened world and even our country. Listen, no politician is going to fix what's happening in America. I'm going to say that again. No politician can fix the problems of this nation can I hear an amen? No politician. None. What they do is important, and we should pray for them. But they can't fix a sin problem. Only Jesus can fix that. Only Jesus can redeem that. In the name of Jesus, amen? He can awaken this country, and that is what's needed more than anything else. We need a spiritual awakening. 
And we need to be people that are praying and going forward, and we walk through the open doors of opportunity. If we were to look at this church that existed in the book of Revelation in Philadelphia, historically some 2,000 years ago, and we look at the last day church of Philadelphia, this is one of the seven letters in Revelation to a church. And Jesus is actually talking to this actual church, this group of believers who are under Roman rule, Pax Romana was in place, which was the rule of Rome. It was the sort of a forced peace, and they were bludgeoned by the military might of Rome to come under their authority. Then Rome adopted Greek as the language, so anyone under Roman rule was learning Greek. So this was first because they all spoke different languages, and now they have a common language. Then also, Romans are known for their amazing road systems, they're opening up the entire world. This was the time when Christ, he comes and he lives and he dies and is resurrected and the church starts. And those first century believers walked those Roman roads, bringing the gospel message to that culture. We need to be people that recognize the open roads that are before us. If you think about this, the last day church of Philadelphia into today, many ways, Modern technology has created a global village, right? Globalization that we are seeing through tablets and through smartphones. Around 70% of the world has a smartphone device of some kind. It's, it's amazing. Even in third world countries, they have access to this technology. Missionaries are utilizing this technology right now in other countries to tell remote villages about Jesus. It's so amazing. We can speak to the whole world at one time right now. We couldn't even do that before. I mean, right now, I'm able to speak, and people are able to listen to me in another nation, and other churches are broadcasting out as well, and people are able to hear them. What an amazing day of technology that we have at our fingertips. There are doors that have been opened to us as the church, and we need to get this right, right? Right? And we need to go forward and know that there are opportunities and God is opening the door that no man can shut. I think of Peter in Acts when he was locked behind the prison doors and the guards were around him. There, be, there seemed to be no way out. What did the church do? They prayed. And as they prayed, God said the, sent the answer by sending an angel to Peter. And the King James Version says the angel of the Lord came and he smote Peter, hit him. It's like Peter was in such a deep sleep and the angel's like, hey, wake up. Wake up, and the angel leads him out, and the doors opened on their own. Now, here's the thing. God opens the doors, but Peter and, they, and Paul, they had to walk through them, right? You have to walk through. God will open doors. He will not carry you through them. You and I have got to make up our mind that we are going to walk through the doors of opportunity that are before us right now. Number three. God has given us enough strength to do what he has called us to do. Amen? Verse 8. See, this is a church that we see that is making a comeback. Verse 8, he says, you have little strength. By the way, that is not a negative comment. Many people think about it. They think of it, oh, it's just a, a weak anemic. Well, he's not just saying that is a negative about it, but it's an accommodation of its strength. It's an idea of a sick person coming back to life. That's what it's saying. It was a church that was not at full strength yet. A church at full strength was the book of Acts, where we see the church at full strength, 
where thousands were coming to Christ at once, where healings were happening and people's lives were being changed. This is a church that's getting back to its strength, its full spiritual strength, and a spiritual awakening is happening. We are getting back to the full strength, and the church of Jesus Christ needs to get back to its full strength like never before, a church returning to that. In fact, the God, God says this in the Word, that when the Son of Man returns, will He find faith on the earth? I believe the church is making a comeback. It is. And, and before Jesus returns, it will make a greater impact and a greater comeback more than ever before. Do you believe that? Because I do. And you know, just for clarity uh, for a moment, there's a difference between, as we look in Scripture, between the rapture, which can happen at any moment, and then the second coming. In the rapture, he comes for his people. In the second coming, he comes with his people. The rapture is before the Antichrist and the tribulation of the second coming is the end of the tribulation. After the seven-year reign of the Antichrist, after the battle of Armageddon, anti, you need to know, means not only against, but it means instead of. The Bible says there's already many Antichrists in the world, okay? That's already happened. But there will come a, what we could say, a big A antichrist that will come upon the scene and he will try to come in place of Jesus Christ as the Messiah. He will be a fake Messiah. Listen, in our lives, God can take a little faith and turn it into big faith if you and I are willing to take a step of faith. Nothing is going to happen if we just sit on our hands expecting the harvest to come in the doors, right? It's big steps of faith. You know, we have our friends, we have family, our job, our campus, our coworkers, thinking about maybe one person today who doesn't know Christ and make them your project, right? To begin to pray and bring the gospel that the door is open it's open. You know, you've heard talk during this time, well, is COVID a sign of plague, pestilence, and all these things that the Bible talks about? Well, I don't know. I'm not God, that's for sure. But it certainly is a sign of the end times, for sure. We've had other plagues before this, you know, of, of years past. But we see that this is unprecedented days that we are living in. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock, and if you open the door of your life, Jesus will come in. These are certainly signs for you and for me and for everyone on planet Earth. Number four, they were keeping his word, and they were not denying his name. Verse eight, you've kept my word. That's a powerful statement. You've kept my word. How important this is for, to us as last-day believers that we keep his word. Listen, I've never seen a greater amount of biblical illiteracy than the day that we are living in today. I'm serious about this, right? I'm amazed at the illiteracy with Christians. I'm not talking about culture. You can't expect culture and the non-believer to serve Christ and read their Bible. I'm amazed at how many believers just do not even read their Bible on a consistent basis. And, and the, what's been afforded to us like never before is, is, is really amazing. It reminds me of a statement that C.S. Lewis said, if you do not listen to theology, 
That does not mean that you have no idea about God. It will mean that you just will have a lot of wrong ones. Hmm, that's a thinker. Theology is simply the study of God, right? That's it. It's why at Abundant Life Church, we want to do our, our best to rightly divide the word of truth because it's that important because God tells us to do that, that we need to commit ourselves to God's word. He's telling us, hey, listen, to these last day believers, hey, you kept my word and you did not deny my name. We need to be people like that in these days that we study God's word. There's an app for that. I mean, such unprecedented days with version. You can get on there and set up reading plans, any type of reading plan you want on faith, on marriage, you know, just to get to know God's word. You can learn more about a gospel, a New Testament book. I mean, right now media that we provide for you, you can go on our resources on our website and go on there and click on that. It's free. Your children can watch a video. Your students, you can watch a video. It's amazing what's been afforded to us in resources. The wise men of Psalm 1 meditates on God's word day and night. We need to keep the word. You know the word keep means to guard it? That's what he's saying. You need to guard the word. You need to guard the truth. But we also are called to spread the truth. Number five, when we keep and proclaim the word, the devil will oppose us. Verse 9, the attack of the enemy is a confirmation that you and I are on the right track. How many of you in the last couple of weeks have been tempted to sin? Most of us would probably say yes, right? You know, the devil only tempts those who are a threat to his kingdom. He's not going to tempt those that he already has. The devil doesn't kick a dead horse, right? Every Christian will be tempted. That's not a sin. I didn't ask how many of you gave into it. I just asked how many of you had it. The devil will oppose us when we are serving the Lord. Whenever we take a bold step for Christ... You and I should expect opposition because the Bible says you will be opposed. We are living in a time where it will be harder and harder to follow Jesus. We live right now in what I would call an ABC culture, anything but Christ, right? You, you can be anything you want. You know, you just be what you want. I'll be what I want. Oh, that's your beliefs? Well, it all changes when you say, or somebody says, well, I believe Jesus, and I believe in him. They're like, no, now that you said that, suddenly in their mind, you're a narrow-minded, you're bigoted, you're hateful because you believe in the word of God. Listen, when you serve the Lord with your whole heart, you can expect opposition, but listen, God is going to keep and give you strength in what he's called you to do, but opposition will be there. Six, Jesus promises us to keep us from the great tribulation period. Verse 10, I will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. This is speaking of a time coming to the earth that is still in our future, and it will be inaugurated by the big A, Antichrist, and be ended by the return of Jesus Christ. The tribulation, the Bible says, will last for seven years. That's what's being referred to here, the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world. The hour of trial shows us that it is a clear moment of time. It's a specific period of time. It's also happening in all of the world, not just in a part. He says the whole world will feel this. You might say, well, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus say that we will have tribulation? 
Yes, he did, but there's a difference between personal tribulation, trial, and hardship we face as believers in Jesus, and the great tribulation period that is coming to those who dwell upon the earth. And the phrase, keep, I will keep you from that hour, means to keep from or to keep out of. That I believe the rapture, where the Lord calls us to heaven, will happen before this time begins. And then number seven, lastly, the last day believers need to hold their course. Jesus says, behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. What does that mean? What is a crown? Well, a crown, biblically, and we see on this earth, is a reward. He says, make sure that you hold fast so that nobody can take the crown that I have for you from you. We are told that there's a crown of life for the person who perseveres, who trusts the Lord and accepts Him as Lord and Savior. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, and there's laid up for me the crown of life. The Bible speaks of the crown of righteousness in 1 Thessalonians 2.19. There's a crown for those who suffer. There are crowns mentioned in Scripture that God will give to His followers of Jesus as a reward for how they live. So be careful, Jesus says, so you don't lose your crown. Now, this is not referring to you that, that losing your salvation. It's referring to you losing your reward that it's possible on this earth not to use our time and our resources wisely as we ought to use them. Listen, you and I are saved for what Jesus did for us upon the cross and accepting that then and having Christ live in us and us living for him, well, that's a crown, he says, the crown of life. What did he say? He said, listen, what is he saying? People, people don't really get this many times, but it's in God's Word, and I hope you study this, that there is a reward system in how we live for the Lord on this earth. In that in eternity in heaven, we receive a crown for what we did upon this earth. And he said, I will reward you accordingly for what you have done. Yeah, that you and I would have good fruit to glorify God on this earth. So the warning is, he says, don't lose it. Don't lose your crown. Because the reminder Paul gives to the church in Corinthians, chapter 3, 13 through 14, says each man's work will be shown for what it is because he says, I, I will test it with fire. I will test the quality of every man and every woman and their work. There will be a heavenly awards ceremony. And I don't know about you, we get rewarded somewhat down here upon this earth, but sometimes people are looking for the reward on the earth when really only heaven's reward will fulfill you and me. Really? Because everything we can touch and feel and see will be burned anyways. But oh, the day when God places the crown upon our head because we made it through and we held the course for this life upon this earth. Are you holding the course today? Come on, are you holding the course? It doesn't mean you don't go through struggles and trials and tribulations, but are you holding the course at this moment? 
this is about faithful service to God. This is what he wants us to do, to live our life in a way that brings honor to him. And then Jesus, he closes with these words in verse 13. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This phrase is in the present perfect tense, which means it could be translated, hear what the Spirit is saying, pay attention, and take this personally. This is a personal word, he said. This is your word. He said, I want you to hear this word because I am speaking. It's a personal word to the church, and it's personally to us, and he wants us to hear the word of truth today. The Lord is speaking. Can you hear his voice? Do you know his voice? What is he saying to you personally today? What is he saying to us corporately? What is he saying to Abundant Life Church? What is he saying to the body of Christ worldwide at this moment? moment. He said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church now, today. So Revelation is about unveiling, the unveiling of Jesus, the unveiling of heaven, and we need to get an eternal perspective because what we do here affects what we do there and what will happen there. Will I bring other people with me to heaven? Jesus, that's the priority. That's the perspective I want you to have. And if you don't have that perspective, you and I need to get that perspective. That what we are doing now affects our lives forever. Life comes and goes very quickly. And life is so unexpected. But today, we can know that God's strength, the same strength that he's given to the book of Revelation, the church of Philadelphia is the same strength that he wants to give to you and me today in that we would recognize the open door that is before us and we would walk through the open door. So today, what is the open door in your life? What is the open door that God is calling you to walk through? What is this? What is this door of opportunity that God is calling you to walk through? Today, it could be for you, I don't know Jesus. That's an open door. This is the open door. Would you walk through it? That the gospel will go to areas of, in, in, our, in our community, in, into our, in our neighborhoods, into our family. Some of you today, you're living with a, with a spouse that doesn't know the Lord. That, that's a harvest that, is, that God's wanting to have to be reaped. The harvest of extended family, the harvest in our community, the harvest of our nation that needs to happen, the harvest not only in Stephen City, but in Clearbrook, but in online, but the uttermost parts of the earth, that there are multiple harvests that God wants us to reap as the body of Christ. My fear is the body of Christ is being lulled to sleep by all the craziness. Hello, church? Right? And Jesus said, you got to get my perspective on this because I'm doing something far greater than COVID. And you need to get a 20,000 foot view and you need to come above this. You need to see what I'm doing upon planet earth today because it's far greater than that. That's a very real problem and people are dying and we we need to know that. But listen, Jesus says there's something greater that I am doing upon the earth and it's about a harvest and it's about a change of perspective that I want you to have. There's an open door before you and you need to walk through it in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the open door that you have placed before us. Whatever that is, we see corporately through your word what you've called us all to do. 
But Lord, today, you're calling us to do something individually. There's an open door. And that God, you said you will give us strength. We have little strength. That's not a negative. It means that, God, we are coming back to our peak strength in you. As I say that word strength today, how many of you in this room to say, God, I need your strength to live today? Maybe this today, you're just saying, I need strength today for what I am going through. Can I see your hand? Come on. Would you raise it? Father, thank you for those hands that are being raised. Lord, in this moment, in this time, to give us strength to do your will in these days. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.